Welcome back to Sports Therapy. This is the final episode of season one, and it's been a hell of a journey. We really enjoy basically just making some conversations between two friends available to the public, and me and KTO both deeply appreciate all the support. Now keep in mind, the series is only going away temporarily, and we will return around NFL draft time to discuss what's going on in the NFL world then. Then even better, we'll be back to weekly episodes once the NFL 2021 season kicks off later this year. Now, today's episode starts on a more serious note due to a little health scare your boy dealt with last week, but it quickly shifts into our thoughts on the Super Bowl. Eventually, we get into some of the gadget players who really made big impacts throughout NFL history, and we even answer the question, what are the hardest and easiest positions to play in the NFL? That one you may or may not agree with. Now, towards the end, we touch on the Deshaun Watson situation, and of course, we had to discuss our thoughts on the new college football video game announced by EA. Other than that, thank y'all once again for joining us on this journey. Now kick back, chill, and enjoy the final episode. Yeah, you hit me up last week. We were going to do an episode. Mm -hmm. The morning of, you kind of said you had something you were dealing with. So, you know, what was going on, man? Man, like I won't go into like crazy detail because to be honest, this shit kind of embarrassing. But basically, this is what it was, man. I was having like some relatively some relatively minor issues physically. Um, I go to the doctor and um, they give me this medicine to take care of these little these little problems, but they don't qualify me, right? So they're really not asking me no questions. And the medicine they gave me has been known to um, induce anxiety in people who don't even have anxiety. I struggle with anxiety as it is. Yeah. So when they gave me the medicine in my mind, and I could tell immediately when I took it, I, I had like the worst anxiety attack of my entire life. And I literally, from my basic symptoms I had, they was like times 100 after I took the medicine. So like I really thought I was gonna die for like two, three days. Like it was ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Um, like yeah. I wrote my will and everything, bro. It was it was pretty crazy. Um, so yeah, I basically, you know, I kind of went through that whole deal. And it's one of them things where I always been able to control my anxiety to a point. Matter of fact, like when I, even when I talk about that stuff, I don't go into super detail with it. I just, you know, I handle it how I handle it. I got my little vices yeah. and I can usually logic myself through it. You know, I get to my little comfort zone, I get out of it. But I, I guess because of that medicine or whatever, I lost control of it for the first time ever. And I just had like this complete breakdown, bro. Like I couldn't catch my breath. It was like a, like I felt like my lungs was like closed up completely. So I was like, <gasps> I'm like gasping it. Like my eyes are like bloodshot red. This shit was, yeah. it was like a whole crazy ordeal, bro. You know what I'm saying? And it was all, I really don't like blaming people. But like honestly, bro, it's the doctor's fault, bro. Because yeah. a simple, because there's other medicines to to handle the problem that I was having, and a simple checklist like that. Nobody asked me if I even dealt with anxiety. You know what I'm saying? And so like, yeah. if this is something that causes anxiety in people who don't even have it, why would you prescribe that to a person who deals with it already? You know what I'm saying? And it like, I'm being super vague because, like I said, it just happened. I'm a little embarrassed yeah. about it, to be honest, but uh, I'm good now. I'm like, I came out on the other side of it. I just went on the Super Bowl trip 
to uh to Baton Rouge. I didn't think I was gonna even make it because I was just wasn't me. I wasn't me for like all of last week. It was like the worst week of my life, like no cap, right? And um, I'm dealing with I'm dealing with like all this this house stuff, and I'm just it's just dragging out and it's annoying because yeah. I I clearly I make the money. There's no problem there. My credit is I got 700 credit score. I'm A1, A1. Like I have no, there's no issues. But we just keep running into these. We're supposed to close on December 31st. You feel me? And it's February 8th. Not to mention my birthday was on the 3rd. So uh, this was right around my birthday. I think this whole thing happened on the 1st or the 2nd. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, it was right in that time. And I think it just was all kind of built up. And I had like a a quick little, I don't call it a breakdown. It's not that dramatic, but it kind of was that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But Dude, uh, I'm I, cool I think now, you bro. shouldn't be embarrassed about it. I don't think you should be embarrassed about it, especially the fact that you're talking about it. Like most dudes wouldn't be yeah. willing to talk about that. So that's pretty courageous on your part to just be open I, about I that. Because it, it's like we all go through something like that at some point. Whether that's when you're yeah. 20 or you're 60, I, it's like us, like dudes are taught to like not show or say anything was hard. Like, oh yeah, you know, that yeah. shit was, it was, I, it sucked a little bit, but you know, it's like, no, dude, that's, yeah. that sucked, man. That That's shitty. Yeah. And that's it, what it, it is. That it's shit like, sucked. <laughs> it's out of your control from, for a, from yeah. a lot of sides of it, from the doctor's perspective, from just dealing with anxiety. So I just want you to know from my perspective, I've been through similar things and I don't think you should be embarrassed about it, especially sharing it. Cause a lot I, more people go through that than you think. I appreciate it, bro. appreciate it. But yeah, that shit was, that shit was crazy, man. It was crazy. And um, like I say, later at some point down the line, I might go into like a little bit more detail with some of the background stuff on it. But yeah. um, and like kind of how it all stacked up with some of the stuff that was going on in my head. And, um, I'll say this real quick. So my dad deal with a lot of these issues now, and I don't know the full details of it all, which is, yeah. and I think I think my dad watched this. If you watched it, dad, we got to have these talks, man. We really, we need to talk about this. You know what I'm saying? I know my mom watch. So I was thinking that whatever stuff he like dealing with now, I was sure. I was like, okay, this hit me. And I was mad, bro. I was mad because like, you know me. I do a lot, I take a lot of uh, like precautionary stuff, like as far as physically, I'm, I'm on top of my stuff, I work out, I take supplements, I eat right, um, I take care of, you know, I work hard, I earn pretty well, I take care of my bread, I don't spend irresponsibly, I save my money, I, I do all this that you supposed to do. And so like when shit just was going so left in these couple of days, and it just was like, I was getting so frustrated with the house situation. Like they kept, like it keeps like, they'll hit us and, oh, well, we need to see this again. And well, this is looking like this or did this. And it's like, bro, what are we doing? Like we can drug this out. It's been a month and a half. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, it's just getting to that point. It's like, it's kind of low key first world problems to be honest. It ain't like, you know what I'm saying? It ain't that damn deep, but I think it just, uh, I don't know. I guess it just got to me. You know what I'm saying? Man, I think uh, it's dangerous to play that comparison game. You know, you're saying first world problem. It's like, okay, 
compared to some shit that people are going through, like, yeah, you can you can say that it's easier than what they're going through. But to, to act like what you're going through is easy, there's, like, you got a lot on your plate. Like, you're a YouTuber who has to put out content for people that you know they're going to react to. Hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. Every single video. Yeah. And you, we've talked about that. The anxiety of every upload is stressful as shit. Like a lot of the times you click it and like you're in like this crazy frantic zone. Like all of us, any creator who watches this will say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. That's how it is from music artists to YouTubers to whatever you do. So it's just a stressful lifestyle. So you already live in a stressful lifestyle. Yeah. And then you're making a big life decision by getting a house. And this is like the first time you're doing this and it's going poorly yeah. from out of your hands. Yeah. So you don't have enough control to feel that control. Like, whereas you're saying you're on top of a lot of shit in your life. It's like, yeah, that's true. But when things are out of your control and it's something that's big, it's like <laughs> people like us who are naturally anxious, it's, it's going to set things off that you can't control. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. That's just how it is, man. So it's tough. It's tough, man. Yeah. And, uh, I think, I think you should know that like you're going to get through this cause you're, you're tough. But it's okay to know that it's shitty. Yeah. <laughs> like it is. Yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. And you know, yeah. Anxiety's a bitch, man. It sucks. <laughs> Shit absolutely sucks. But anyway, well, switching the topic. Um All right. how'd you feel about the game, bro? <laughs> well, uh Yeah, so it was weird, man. It was the biggest thing from it is what I, what I love about football so much is like how you can think one thing, mm -hmm. right? The chiefs are unstoppable. No one can stop this offense. Yep. And that's how it's been for, for long enough now that none of us thought they could be shut down. Right. So the only way the bucks were beating them is if, you know, they contained them and they outscored them. That's the only logical thing that makes sense. So then, <laughs> then yesterday happens and the chiefs don't even score a touchdown. Yeah. And Mahomes is running for his life, and the offense for the Bucks is just surgical and precise, and Fournette's running dudes over, <laughs> and the will of the Chiefs is like beaten out of them by the second half. It was just one of those football is football, no matter at the end of the day. Like you can have the Tyreek Hill, you can have the Flash, you can be the best team for two years offensively, and it's a couple punches in the face because of just like mano y mano men running over other men, you know, and that's, that, that's the difference. Yesterday was, you know, the old line issue with the, the chiefs before the game, their best player, Eric Fisher on the line was out and they had to make so many moves. I didn't realize how many moves they made. They made three different moves. And it's like the biggest game of the year, you had three moves on the O line, yeah. which is arguably the most important unit on your team, but they don't talk about that in the media. They don't talk about, Oh, you know, the chiefs O line, like it's, it's Mahomes, It's, Tyreek Hill, it's Sammy Watkins, it's yeah. Kelsey. It's like, that's what you're going to, that's what we talk about because it's easy because that's what we see. Right. That's where the ball's going. Yep. But if your O line can't even hold up for your quarterback to get time to throw it, most of the time, do you see how many times he was hurried? It was, it so was he, like, he every ran like pass. 400 yards or something like that, like forward and like backwards yeah. and sideways or something. Like, it's some crazy stat. Yeah, he was running for his life. <laughs> Dude, that game was. Mahomes, that was probably the most impressed I've ever been with Mahomes. It's, his stats weren't good. He didn't throw any touchdowns, but he had a couple of those throws where he would do the, you know, the S pattern, dance around, make guys miss, and throw it while getting tackled, and it would be on the money perfect. Yeah. In triple coverage yeah. or something. And he, he did he, that he, like he threw he threw two touchdowns. Like that's the thing. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? But cats 
Cats wasn't making plays. Like they, they like you say, they gave up. Like the Chiefs, they they was beaten to submission, and they, it was happening early. Like I saw it in the second quarter, but in the third quarter, I was like, yo, they are done. They've given. <laughs> they ready to to pack it in, bro. You know what I'm saying? And it was it was sad to see. I gotta say this real quick. Um, yeah. and let me let me state this first. Go ahead. We've we've talked about this on the podcast. Brady has been the goat. We, he's that was established. I didn't care what happened in this game. He's been a goat for years to me, undisputed, right? I was so disappointed with the refereeing in the first half of the game, specifically, to where it, it really felt like the refs were like Brady fans. And that's not taken away from Brady because he's not throwing the flags. But, dude, those tic-tac defensive holding calls every time he almost throws a pick was so annoying to me. Like, it deflated the hell out of me. I'm watching the game. He threw that first touchdown to Grunk. I was lit. I was like, yeah, Brady, let's go. I was like, Belichick, they went over there, they boom. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? I was so excited because, yeah. you know, Brady was balling, and that's what I wanted to see. I came to see Brady and, and Mahomes go at it. And the refs took over the damn game. And they gave the they gave Temple Bay all the momentum. I think Temple Bay would have won the game regardless. Right? Yeah. Like I because based on what was going on with the Chiefs offense, Temple Bay was gonna win. They didn't need the help. But like it it took away the competitiveness away. of the game. And then the Chiefs got frustrated. And then it just it snowballed and just went downhill. I don't know if that's a controversial take. But I felt those, I felt them flags was completely unbalanced and completely ridiculous. Like some of the worst calls I ever seen. And they was like, make, there was whole drives just based on knickknack flags. You know what I'm saying? And that it, it deflated it for me. And it kind of it took it took some of the some of the luster off the damn game. And I couldn't enjoy it as much as I wanted to. So I was really, really disappointed in that, man. I was disappointed. I think that's in that. spot on. I can't disagree. Yeah. The thing is, I was cheering for the Bucks, so it, like seeing ticky tacky stuff when you're almost cheering for the team that's benefiting from it, it doesn't hit yeah. as hard. But if you were cheering for the Chiefs, I can understand, or just cheering for a good game. I was cheering for a good game as well, so it's not like I was, I was happy that those game. were happening. So, yeah. yeah, by the third quarter, it it felt like it was over, and that felt like it had a big impact in that. Like you said, it wasn't. The Bucks felt like they were going to win that game just because of how the way they played defensively and the, the way how you know surgical their offense was for the most part, other than yeah. a couple of those drives that they got benefited from. It just sucks. That could have been like a you know twenty-one to nine game in the third in the fourth quarter instead of what it was, and that could have been yeah. something different. But that's what sucks, man. That's what yeah. sucks about rules and like that deep bomb to Mike Evans when they threw it down, it's like, yep. I don't think that was catchable, but, but it's, not, it it's just, it's like cheating the rules. You like Evans went down so easy on that. Cause you know, like as a player, as a receiver in the NFL, you know that if you fall and the ball was probably uncatchable, but you fall based on the DB, not look, it's like, they're going to call it. It's like, they almost yeah. have to call that, which is so, yeah, it's just broken. It's like taking advantage one, of a broken the mechanic. One before that bro, where break the ball gets tipped at the line. Honey Badger picks it off. Uh, they call yeah, it defensive holding on the outside or something that had nothing to do with the play. And then they showed the replay. And I was like, bro, that's not even, it's not even a penalty. 
<laughs> like I'm like he didn't even commit the penalty. And yeah. even if he did, it was a tick. It would have been a tic tac penalty that had nothing to do with the interception. And it completely that was um the Chiefs' one big play of the whole game, and you wiped that away over some stupid rule on the out like, and it that that deflated the hell out of me, bro. Cause I'm yeah. like, bro, Brady is great. Let him be great. He got it. He don't need y'all help, bro. You know what I'm saying? Let, let him do it. Like, I came to watch him. Like, I didn't come to watch y'all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The refs' stats was insane. Like, them boys, like, they put up a flawless game. The refs had, like, 300 yards and two touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't come to see them get MVP. And it just really, man, that pissed me off so bad, bro. Because it's like, it's almost disrespectful to Brady. Like, I'm, I'm one of them people who, like, I remember, um, like, I'm one of them cats. My boy brought me a, um, this one I was doing real bad in life. This was years ago. My boy bought me a lottery ticket, and I cursed him out. I was so pissed. Like, how dare you, bro? Like, how dare you try to steal my opportunity to earn my way? You feel what I'm saying? Because, like, that's what I always wanted to do. I want to earn my way. Like, I got this shit, bro. Let me, let me go be great. You feel me? But... They, they took that opportunity away from Brady to me. Now, I mean, he still did his thing. You know what I'm saying? He Brady, he still balled out, and he's still the GOAT. He was already the GOAT. Now he's super GOAT. And that's that's all indisputable. You know what I'm saying? But it just, I, I just feel like they got to do something about that, man. That defensive holding thing, like, I, I hate that penalty. Like, I hate that yeah. penalty, bro. You can call it any time. Like, any time yeah. you yeah, feel you like could. it, you can just five yards first down. Any time. It's ridiculous. I, yeah. It's worse than PI. Because mm. PI, you can throw it deep and it can be ticky tacky. You can get like 50 yards off of it. Yeah. But the defensive holding, it's like you can call that even if the quarterback wasn't looking that way. Like, yeah. like that play. Like, yeah. that's what sucks about yeah. it. And I've always said that. Like, when I watch the Browns play and they're losing because of that, like, it's just like you have to almost train the DBs to like not play defense now. Like, I'm working on a video right now about the NFL in 2000. And how much different it was. And they were complaining then that they were taken away from the defensive backs. Because <laughs> like every 10 years or so, they're, they make a rule against defensive backs. Yeah. And it's just, it's been working that way over time. But really by like the late 2000s was, was when they really started ruining it. Like it was, it had become like you can't even guard the receivers. Yeah. And then by the mid 2010s, it was just like, we're, we're if you touch the receiver within five yards even. And it's like, if they need to make that call, they will. And it feels too much like you can affect the game. Yeah. Like officiating has too much control. Yeah. Honestly, the thing is, I I felt like there was a bunch of playoff games that really did good at not calling ticky tacky calls. Agreed. So it was a great playoffs. Of it was a lot of physicality. It was a lot of like they let them play. And it was fun. <laughs> like it was yeah. so fun. You didn't know feel like saying? that. And it didn't feel like that in the first half. It especially. didn't feel like that, especially especially in that first half, bro. It didn't feel like yeah. that. And I'm like, bro, let them play the game, dog. Like, let them play the game, please. But, like, that's in, in pro sports in general because I watch a lot of NBA, too, and the refereeing is – I understand it's an extremely difficult job. Like, I get that. But they don't have to be as hard as they make it because they put all these ridiculous little rules in here with all this little minutia, all this little ticky-tack stuff that's it's so, like, gray that it could go either way. You can just throw a flag whenever. It creates this yeah. crazy amount of inconsistency. And I ain't want to come around here with that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, these cats just won the Super Bowl. I don't want to, like, 
try to act like, oh man, the refs just gave him the game and just take it away from him. They win and earn, they win, but it's just like, I, that's how I felt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I can't deny that that's how I felt. And like, my excitement by the time that the second quarter hit, when they had thrown their like seventh flag for the Bucks, and I, I think the Chiefs might have had one at that point. At that, like, when it started going, like, really turning left, and I'm like, what are we watching, bro? <laughs> like, what yeah. are we watching right now, man? No one likes to see a flag fest nah. or foul fest. Yeah. I mean, every sport's like that. Mm -hmm. That's why I can't watch the NBA because every every last minute is is intentional fouls, and that's not even like the like that's just part of it. But yeah. When it's dictating important moments, like we always bring it up at the Saints game when there wasn't PI. Yeah. And it just makes you question how is it this, this hard? Like I know when you're a ref on the field and it's split, it's like quick. It's hard to see, but there's got to be a, like a way to officiate a game in a, in a manner where, okay, that was definitely PI. We can call that even though it's late. Yep. Or, okay, we threw the flag and that's a defensive holding and now we watch and replay and it's so tic-tac-y, let's not call that. But it seems like they, it's like, I don't know. I don't get it. Egos. Like how, the referees yeah, yeah, have the, like the hugest egos I have ever seen in my life. And it's like, it's one of those things where you you basically get drunk with authority. That's like that's the energy I get, and I got that when they um like last year was it last year when they had the you yeah. could challenge the pat the pass interference yeah and they would, and they yeah. didn't overturn a single one, even though there was some atrocious ones. It was like super obvious. Everybody knows y'all missed this call, but they refused to overturn them. And then go back with the, to the league like, see, here's the stats. Not once did it get overturned, so why are we even doing this? Let's just take out the the ability for guys to overrule the referee. What we say goes, and it's like, yeah, that's a part of it. And it's like, there's no like humility and there's no accountability. So when they make these huge, huge, huge mistakes, there's no punishment. And when you don't hold somebody accountable, they're gonna just do whatever the hell they want to do. So I think that's a part of it. Don't know how you change it. I'll admit that. <laughs> I don't think I don't it will change. Either, I think yeah. I think it's that's a what has me worried. Take, but simplify the rules, one. That's one. That's step one. And step two is hold the referees accountable. Like, there should be a... Look, in the course of the game, it ain't really nothing you can do, right? But go back. Let's review film. Just like the same way you sit in a room... When you're a football player and your coach, look, you look at everybody's assignments. And when you blowing coverages, and you're going to get called out and you'll be held accountable for that. It should be the same thing with referees. Like, let's keep score. Like, let's keep score on how many calls you missed. You know what I'm saying? And we look at these percentages, and I promise you to get better. I promise you to get better. You weed out the cats. If cats is getting, if they missing like four calls a game, them dudes going to get weeded out. By the time the players roll around, we're not going to see them. We're going to see these 70, 80 percentile cats who are getting the majority of their calls right. Ain't nobody going to be perfect. You know what I'm saying? But just let me get the best cats actually here instead of just these random teams. And they'll say, oh, these are the best reps. But I'll be like, based on what? Like, how do y'all picking these cats? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what this stuff based on, man. I don't know what they're basing it on. Anyway, I don't know, let's talk about it, something else in the game. Yeah. All right. <laughs> instead just I mean, the refs. You know, the one thing that I was very shocked by was just how dominant the linebackers and the defensive line were for Tampa. Like White, yeah, Devin were. White or whatever, number 45, he was Bro, everywhere. Oh, my God. 
the dude that was the <laughs> the dude is unbelievable. He's unbelievable. Like I mean, he's, obviously his yeah. speed, but his tenacity and now like he's reading so much better. Because I remember watching him a little earlier in his career, and, he, and even at LSU, and it was a time where he was just kind of that sideline to sideline cat, high motor, and he still he never lost that. But now he also he understand what he's seeing, and the dude. Yeah, man, he put on like a, a masterful performance. He was all over the place. He was intimidating. He was hitting. He was talking. I was loving it. Like I was loving Devin White. He was crazy. <laughs> he really Dude, that did, was bro. like that was like the 2002 Bucks and the t- the, the ones that won the Super yeah. Bowl. Because yeah. it's like yeah. you start comparing players. It's like Derek Brooks was the linebacker that dominated that game. He had like a pick yeah. six. And he was just everywhere. He's he was that sideline to sideline linebacker, and then their D line was just just unbelievable. Warren Sapp, Simeon Rice, and you look at the the D line now. It was like those dudes just dominated. The tackles got destroyed. Man. They didn't even blitz really. They wouldn't even really blitz, and they, they would they get didn't so blitz. much pressure. They didn't no. blitz, bro. JPP, Shaq Barry, Sue. You got Sue in the middle. Like and and Ty Bowles, uh, Bulls defensive coordinator, he deserved like a shitload of credit, like a shitload of credit because, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that Eric Fisher is out, and I think then the Chiefs lose their other tackle earlier in the year. Yeah, and we talked about all the moves. like that that have a load to do with it, and you're able to create that type of pressure without blitzing. Like I think they yeah. they blitzed on or they didn't blitz on like 92 percent of their passes, where they only rushed like four. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's Yeah, what they was able to do was that's that's how you beat the Chiefs. Like how easy is that to duplicate? But I, also I just want to say this too. <laughs> Why was the running back, bro? They wasn't keeping him in though. Like you feel what I'm saying? Like I didn't see the running back um in uh in pass pro. Like I don't remember seeing it. Like I'm why sure. wasn't he chipping? Like, why wasn't he here to pick up? Like, they wasn't offering no help. So, you know what I'm saying? I, I love Andy Reid, Airbnb, but I got to question that. Like, especially, like, after the first half, we get into the second half, it's like, bro, they can't protect at this point. So, like, you're going to have to keep some cats back. You know what I'm saying? So, that was kind of weird. I felt like they did a, a poor job of adjusting. Um, also, knowing that the line was in shambles, you got to make adjustments to to address that. You know what I'm saying? They didn't do that. And so the Bucks was able to exploit it to the fullest, fullest extent. You know? What about Leonard Fournette? Talk oh, about a show, Leonard dude. Fournette. Playoff Super Bowl Lenny, bro. That man. <laughs> and, you know, I've questioned Leonard Fournette for a long time. Yeah. That man balled out. That was the best I ever seen him play. I was <laughs> yeah. hyper impressed. And he showed up in the the biggest game of his career, and he played the best football I ever seen him play. So, yeah, I'm I ain't got nothing else to say about Leonard Fournette. Like he proved me wrong, but shut the hell up. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna shut up, sit back. And when I said I thought Ronald Jones was a better overall back in today's league than him, mm-hmm. oh my God, was he terrible? Was he horrible? Also, let me call you out, Bruce Arians. How the hell you don't put Leonard Fournette in on the goal line? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Early yeah, in the, it's like know. the first quarter. Dude, yeah, Ronald Jones got stopped the first time because he's standing straight up. I'm like, bro, you're on the goal line, bro. Just get low. You can dive. You yeah, in there. That was Fournette's, that was but, Fournette's situation, man. That was what he Especially after for. he got stopped the first time. They gave it to him again. I'm like, Fournette was standing right next to Bruce Arians. He's like, yo, 
if I can't do nothing else, I can run through a wall. Like, you know what I'm saying? So Dude, that was. Fournette uh, runs like he doesn't care. Bro. Fournette runs yeah, like he, he if he if he ends his career on this run, he's fine <laughs> with it. That's how he runs. Mm-hmm. He runs like an 80s running back where it's just like, I'm going to lower my head and just try to absolutely destroy you. And he doesn't yeah, care he about anything. Anywhere. I think that he takes more pride in that than actually being a good running back. Like, I'll just run you yeah. over. I don't care. You, I can and see the, that, that in this place, though. That was perfect for yesterday just because they were, like, outwilling them and just, like, Every time he'd run through the hole and it would be like a three yard run, but he would run the guy over and get five. Yeah. <laughs> it was just it was just beating him down. Dog. It was no, it was sick. Somebody gonna be mad about this. Number fifty six for the Chiefs is the worst linebacker I've ever seen in my life. And I've been saying this for like three years now. Cause my What's boy pointed it. I don't know. I just know he's number fifty six. Cause like he wanted them cats. My boy pointed this out to me a couple years ago. And he was like, My boy used to play linebacker. It was like, yeah. bro, number 56 for the Chiefs is trash. I'm like, hey, whatever. And then I noticed he makes more splash plays than I've ever seen, like, in a bad way. I always see this man not making the – like, he never makes the tackle. I see him close to the ball, but he never make the play. He never, like, actually get the pass deflection. He'll be close, and, like, the dude will catch on him. He'll get a tackle like that. He got ran over so bad by Leonard Fournette, bro. It was, I think it was, um, I think he caught a pass. I think he caught a pass. He ran through one cat. I think it was Sorensen. He just brushed him off. And then he went called 56 and just sent him on a, took him on a ride. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, 56 is, is hilarious. Like when you watch the Chiefs, he might not be there next year. But dude, when you watch the Chiefs, just pay attention. If he's still there next year, watch 56, bro. That man be messing up a lot. He got to shake back, bro. I don't know. What's up with dude? <laughs> they I mean, their defense just. Even their best players, like, did I don't even know if their D line really did much. Like Chris Jones and Frank Clark, did they? I don't remember hearing their names. They got a sack. Like Brady had took a sack like in the first quarter. Yeah, like the first two or three drives, it was looking like the Chiefs D line was looking. They was getting pressure, you know, because then the Bucks go like three and out the first couple of times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Chiefs scored first because the Bucks punted. Yeah. And yeah. 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 They had, they were struggling at first, but then once they got kind of going quick passes yeah. and five to seven yard runs and, and everything like that, it was, it just looked like at some point they couldn't stop them. Yeah. Both, both passing and running. It was really impressive. Agreed. So I guess that puts us now at like 2020 seasons up overall. Like how'd you feel about like the year, you know? Well, I mean, I look at the year as a, a Bengals fan, you feel me? Like I guess, yeah. I guess I should probably should I start overall? I'm going. Yeah, I'm do going. overall. And okay, let's go overall. Let's go overall. Whatever, whatever. I enjoy. I mean, I enjoyed the season because I love football. You feel me? Yeah. I thought it was. They got through the whole season. It's still a damn global pandemic. A lot of people questioned whether or not it was gonna work. It worked. You know what I'm saying? There was a yeah. couple mishaps, a couple teams that was having problems. Uh, the Titans had a lot of problems this year. The Ravens had a little. You know what I'm saying? There was a couple couple squads but they just rescheduled those games and all right let's put this here we had a bunch of weird tuesday night footballs and it was odd there was no crowd half of the time sometime it was sometime it wasn't so it was a weird season but it was fun man it was a good season overall it was a lot of good teams some standout performances uh and it's, it's gonna be a memorable year for sure and not just for like bad reasons like all of the the elements play a factor into it, but it was a lot of dope ass football play. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
I was talking about y'all with my boy last night because I know Stefanski got coach of the year. And I was just, I was like, man, I was so impressed with y'all's season. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all had a phenomenal year. You know what I'm saying? And Baker, you know, the way he grew up and the way y'all found an identity and they um, they catered the playbook to his actual strengths instead of having him trying to be out there playing like Mahomes. You know, I, I was really impressed with what y'all did. I was real impressed with the Bills all season. Um, those probably the standout teams that um, I didn't, I expected to be good, but I was just impressed with like the y'all entire year, like the whole body of work looking back at it. I think think y'all y'all showed yourself really well. Y'all never really had like no crazy bad moments. Y'all opened up the season terribly, but then yeah. bounced back and was was solid the rest of the way. So I thought that was dope. Can't complain. I thought that was dope. Uh, any, anything you disappointed by? Like other than the Bengals season and oh, everything. Uh, just I was about to say. Outside of that. Outside of the Bengals, I mean, I was disappointed in the Super Bowl. Um, yes. Anything else outside of that I was disappointed in? I, I was a little disappointed in Lamar. That's, yep. I, I, I'm, I agree with that. I was a little bit disappointed with Lamar too. He didn't uh, he damn sure didn't have the season that I thought he would have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it's a whole lot of factors that go into it. Uh but That's I true. mean I can't say I was impressed by him this year. So I guess the that leaves me at yeah, I was disappointed in him. Yeah. I, I really want him to be able to like it we have this thing where we cheer for like the other teams in our division other than the, the Steelers, it's which is weird, kind of a yeah, new school mindset. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's just because for the most part, I like seeing Lamar Jackson succeed, so it's really hard to cheer yeah. against him. Right. So then, when the playoffs came around and it was just, it's just rough. It's just like this is yeah. happening again. I hope this doesn't become the story of his career. You know, I, I don't that could think very it will. I I hope not. A couple more years of this though. It's he still doesn't have an X receiver. Like if he ever gets a number one receiver and then. I see the same stuff, then I would be a, a little bit more concerned. But right now, I mean, he's got a solid offense. But when Hollywood Brown is a good receiver, he's not a number one receiver. Like yeah. he's not. You know what I'm saying? And so that's the thing that the big thing that the Ravens are missing. They gotta go get that X receiver, that dog who can win 50-50 balls and you know what I'm saying? And is can get open on short intermediate routes that Lamar is good at throwing. You feel me? Yeah. So I just feel like they got a little bit more, they got a little bit more work to do as far as building out that offense. You know what I'm saying? As far as weapons. Does Tampa Bay repeat? I was pretty pleased with the Steelers collapse. Like that was great. <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, that was nice. Like, I, I enjoyed that. that. Yeah. 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 Like, they I was asking you. After they eleven and those start. Do you think man. the Bucks will repeat? Good question. Damn. Like I want to say no, but it's like I'm thinking about it. Like who's gonna be them? I think they have the most well-rounded roster, uh, player potential-wise. I think they have the best roster total. They don't like the Chiefs' firepower is probably the best, but just their defense. If they can keep those guys, and then obviously Brady, if he can stay sharp. With the pieces around them, it's like, dude. That's I, I don't think they'll repeat though, because I don't even think, like, I think if the Chiefs' offensive line situation doesn't happen, I'm not saying that the Bucks would have absolutely lost, 
But I think that's a completely different game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a complete like that offensive right. line thing just and I know as a Bengals fan, if anybody know what it looked like when you got a trash offensive line, I'm looking at it like, yeah, this is it. This is what Joe Burrow had to deal with all year. Running for his life, running five hundred yards a game, trying to just throw a damn eight yard pass. And it's it completely changes the game where you got time to get back there and get set and actually go through some progressions and play the game and have some rhythm. You feel me? Yeah. Instead of just, like you can never get in rhythm. Like when your line is bad like that, you can never get in rhythm because you're always losing seven, eight yards. You know what I'm saying? You're looking at second and 17s because you're taking sacks and you know your quarterback getting hit constantly. And so, yeah. you know, I wouldn't be like shocked if the Bucks repeat, but as of right now, I don't think I'll be picking the Bucks to win it next year, um, but it'll depend on how the draft go and for you know all yeah. of that stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying, dude. That speaking of like the pressure and everything and battle line, that was the first time I'd seen like the look on Patrick's Patrick Mom's face wasn't fully confident. Yep. It was the first time that I'd it seen wasn't. that from him, and it was crazy. Yeah, because like it was weird. You know what I mean? Like you just see him always just like the same old. I'm going to go out there and do my thing. And by the second yeah. half or even like the fourth quarter, he had like bags under his eyes. He looked like he didn't want to do that anymore. It was, it, was a little, rough. it was a little watery. It was weak. Like his, his expression was, yeah, it was weak. You know what I'm saying? And he was unable to, like they needed that, that one play. Like, I mean, he made two yeah. throws Firepower. that was like so stupid. Like just <sighs> – these crazy, like, bro, you're he's falling on the ground. Like, my boy put up, you remember that NCAA glitch where the dude yes, gets tackled? I said the and he same like, thing. Ball. I said the you same said that. thing. That's so funny. Yeah. That's and so he funny. hit the man in the face. Like, if I hit my receiver in the face, in the end zone twice, he hit Tyreek Hill in the face. And he hit, uh, it, it was a running back. He hit the running back in the face. Like, like this is tight on two ridiculous plays where he juked 18 people and threw the ball while falling down out of bounds and hit him in the yeah. face and it's not a touchdown and it's yeah. like so if any he of those plays around. get made i think we see that face change a little bit and he kind of get that you know he get the little old man jog going again and he kind of get his momentum back but he just couldn't get it because they wasn't making no plays for him like he needed somebody to make a play for him like he running for his life he trying to make it happen, but somebody got to make a tough catch. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, somebody got to make a catch, bro. I can't hit you in the chest every time. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, yeah, like Kelsey had that big drop, too, down the middle mm. on the third down. Yeah. It was just, yeah. Mahomes wasn't was the, the issue. Side. Like, uh, the, the there wasn't guys stepping up. His O-line got yeah. crushed, and there were, wasn't guys making big-time plays for, for Mahomes. Yeah. Can't do much. You can, yeah. It doesn't matter how good you are. He proved his talent yesterday. There's no doubt how oh. good Mahomes. Like, after that game, I was more impressed with Mahomes than I had ever been because I was like, that looks like when the Browns, would everything would fall apart and Baker would get sacked instantly. It looked yeah. like that every play. And he would find a yeah. way out of it. And he doesn't even look fast. Like, he doesn't look fast, and he's finding a way out of it, getting tackled, throwing it. No, he is the most – he moves so weird because he moves in a way that you're like, that guy <laughs> is not very athletic. And then yeah. he gets away from everyone. It's weird. Like flat-footed and, like, he looked like he's stiff. Yeah, he, he like, trots, you know, even he like, can't His sprint, stride is weird. Yes. Yeah, but, like, There's something for wrong some reason, with how he moves. He got all of his it's his strange. mechanical ability in his arm. 
and his throwing arm. <laughs> Everything else is just like the default character. It almost works in his favor though because it's so deceptive. Like, cause yeah. I always think he's gonna get hit, and and he doesn't. It's just strange. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like my, me and my dad always joke about it with Kellen Moore. If you remember watching Kellen Moore play, he was the most unathletic quarterback. He probably ran like a <laughs> six foot or a six second forty. Like he was just flat footed, yeah. and like he, if he had to run, it was over. You know what I mean? There was no yeah. way. But guys would see him standing there like a oaf and be like, "I'm gonna rip this guy's head off." And he would take one step up in the pocket, and they would fly past him because they're like, "This guy can't move." Yeah. So it's like yeah. it works in your favor if you're less athletic. If you're going against Lamar, you're ready, you're like breaking down because you know he can juke. When Mahomes is moving, you're like, this guy can't get past me. Like it just doesn't it's move special. It's funny. It's strange. It's, it's very. It strange. is very strange, bro. Man, watching that game, I'm gonna talk about the Bengals real quick because it's made me think about it. Go ahead. Watching that game, it reaffirmed because like I've been seeing Bengals fans, and we do this every year. We do this every year. We know what we need, and then we see some dude run a damn fast 40 time, and we lose our mind. Bengals fans talking about we need to go get Jamar Chase. Let's reunite him with Joe Burrow. Listen, it would be great. It would be if we had that luxury. We don't. They're talking about Kyle Pitts, the tight end. How many guys do you get like Kyle Pitts? Guess what, though? Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in the league, right? When Mahomes' line was trash last night, did it matter? No. It didn't matter. So what that tells you, Bengals fans, once again, even though like our quarterback literally couldn't walk a month ago, if this, that wasn't enough information, that bruh, stop talking. I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear about these receivers. I don't want to hear about these tight ends, bruh. Draft whoever you think the best tackle is, either Slater or Sewell. Draft one of them cats and let's keep it, let's keep it pushing. All right, like yep. that's what it comes down to. I don't, I'm t- I don't want to debate it. Like I think it's, I honestly think it's kind of ridiculous. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm tired of, I'm tired of seeing it. That's just a message to my Bengals fans out there, bro. Like, come on, bro. We linemen, linemen. I don't care how boring it is. That's what we yeah. got to do. Got to fix the line first. We'll deal with that other shit later, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? You get a receive in the fourth round, bro. We be yeah. out. Dude, the NFL draft is running backs and receivers are everywhere. You can find Edwards Alaire in the fifth round, you know, or what? I, I don't even know. Yeah. No, wait, was when was he drafted? He was. I might be like wrong on him. No, it yeah, was when he went in the first round. He went in the first round, actually. Yeah, exactly. Perfect example. Yeah, he was. No. The, I think it was the first round. There's guys though. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. there's guys in Chase every draft Claypool. though that Chase Claypool was a, in, was a third rounder. There you, you go. Know? Yeah, what yeah. was Kamara? Was he a third rounder? Kamara, I think, was the third or fourth. He, yeah, he so, could have honestly been a second, but yeah. He but how many tackles, round. how many starting left tackles and right tackles were drafted in the fourth round that are like like the building blocks of your franchise? Not many. It's not often. And unless you have like an amazing scouting department who who is known to find gyms, yeah, that if you yeah. got that, then okay, maybe. But if you don't, guess what? You need to take the players that everybody unanimously agrees is the best at this position. So we ain't got to rely on our scouts' ability because, you know, we, we should have no confidence in them yeah. based on what we've drafted in the past. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, that's the the Browns <laughs> made that decision last year, taking a left tackle, uh, whatever yeah. his name, Wills, Jedrick Wills yep, yep. on for the left tackle. And it was like, that was such a great pick. He was – he came as advertised. He was solid all year. 
and the Browns offense could actually yep. do things. Whereas you take another hyper athletic dude. It's like, you never know. It's like they, he might be good. He might not be good, but if you can't get him the ball, cause your left side gets destroyed by the Steelers and Ravens, every time you play them, you can't do anything. It's like, that's just how Ch- it is. Chances are, go ahead. I'll say chances are he won't be more athletic than Tyree Hill. And last night when the chiefs had no offensive line, didn't matter. But you know what I'm saying? Like, your dude not going to be more athletic than Tyreek. Tyreek, the most athletic cat in the league, or, you know, he top 1%. Did not matter. <laughs> it didn't matter. Like, when the line is trash, it doesn't matter. Got to fix the line, bro. Got to fix the line. Dude, it's just basic. I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this before we got on the podcast randomly, but tackles is the position. It's got to be the hardest position to play in football because speed rushers and power rushers are so good now. Like you think of like yeah. JJ Watt power, and then you think of Miles Garrett speed, and then you think of yeah. everything in between, and you get a new one of those guys every week. Sometimes they're six five, two seventy, and they can run a four five. Sometimes they're like three hundred pounds, and they can power through you. And you have to be able to take on both those guys consistently, and you have to be able to move very fast to like take them on, so they can't bend around the edge, yeah. and you have to be powerful enough to hold your ground when they bull rush you. And I'm just thinking. About I agree it. with the like, concept, but the hardest position is corner. Athletically, probably like, you're right. I agree that but it's. I just not just athletically. Like you're doing. I think. Almost it, I think you it's like a similar job, and you're going against similar freaks of nature, and the rules yeah. are so against you. On top of that, like if they called holding the same way they call defensive holding and pass interference, then I would agree with you. You feel what I'm saying? But they, they I mean, yeah. don't call holding that rampant like they do with DBs, bro. Like, DB is the hardest position in the league. I would be interested to opinion. see a comparison of, like, what they consider a good left tackle and a good corner and see how many there are in the in the league. Because, like, there's not that many number one man-on-man corners that are great. But there's not that many left tackles that you would say are great. There's a lot of okay ones, but a lot of teams have really bad tackles. There's usually only like five guys that they'll be like, yeah, this guy is like the dude. I don't think there's anyone. five corners that's the dude, though. I don't think so. I mean, there's, there's five Maybe. corners with names, but if you really watch him, I don't think there's five corners that's the dude. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. Maybe. I could be off of it's, him. It'd be I, interesting. I, I definitely. Head, I don't think so. The thing is, we've talked about it, and I don't disagree that how hard corner is. I think the level of athlete you have to be just to be able to play the position is so ridiculous. It's not even yeah. like you can't even like. There's no doubt that it's definitely the, in the top one or two hardest positions to play. I'm just yeah 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 yeah, about, yeah. And left tackle just, is also so we don't even disagree. Right up there. We we arguing over like no we're ta- yeah we're literally talking about little things here. Yeah, it's they're yeah. both right up there as far, as far as difficulty yeah. it'd just be interesting to hear a perspective of like a of, of a left tackle like someone who really knows tackles like someone who's smart and knows their mm. shit and the same thing with like, like corners it'd just be interesting they're gonna be biased uh, but, oh, that's so true but asking which one harder they're gonna be biased well yeah but that's why you get multiple perspectives and then you can hear them out and be like okay i can see the difficulty of both they both have their reasons why they're insanely hard then there's not that many of them so. They're gonna come to the same conclusion we just came to, <laughs> which is probably. But they they know more. Two of the hardest positions in. The, no, for sure. Yeah. They they gonna it's gonna be way more educated, like and way more information in there, more experience show. and things that can actually qualify it. But at the end of it, they're gonna come to the same conclusion. 
which is that they're both extremely hard and yeah, they're either they're, they're both in the top three but you can argue over the order. that's what i think anyway what is quarterback in the top three as well hell yeah it's the other one but like if quarterback is getting What's easier the easiest it's the easiest position to play in the end? nfl the, the defensive end why why do you say that because it's like 99 percent just athleticism like there's not a whole lot of reads you need to make there's not like this huge learning curve if physically you can do it i could just put you there and you go get the quarterback it's not that damn difficult in my opinion what about long snapper It's hard because you can't, there's only so many jobs, but I feel like, have you seen the long snappers on most teams? They're just like a dude. They're just like a no, guy. I don't even know who my long snapper is. Like I, that's <laughs> insane. I know my whole offensive line. I know, I know my the backup Browns. offensive lineman. Hewlett. I don't even he's know like who the, the hell my paid. long snapper is, bro. Yeah, dude, you got to do huh? research. He's the most, he's like the most important player I, on your team. I don't even Punts, think about extra this. points. <laughs> Yeah, dude. It's, Damn. Yes, you're right. You're right. I do need to. It's a very specialized thing. So they, they get very good at what they do. It's just like a kicker or punter. Yeah. It's the same thing. They do the they do yeah. one thing, and you can protect them because if they don't raise their head, you can't hit them as a defensive lineman. So that it's uh, like so you're weird. saying this top three easiest. Top three easiest. I go long snapper. Uh, yeah. Defensive end would be interesting. I, I think you can plug in a defensive end that's not that great and get away with it for a little while. I mean, After what that, I'm saying is when I say easy, I'm talking about like as far as like the learning curve. I'm not trying to say anybody can play defensive end. Yeah, what I'm I got saying you. is if you. you're Chase Young, if you're Chase Young, 6'3", big Chase Young, physically, I could like, hey, yeah. yo, go play in, bro. Go play edge rusher. What about cool. nose guard? Like, I don't need, there's no learning curve to that. Like, there's no, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a whole lot of process that you need to do. You just need to have a motor and the physical tools. You know what I'm saying? There's, there, obviously, there's skills and little minutia that you need to pick up in order to perfect your craft. But when it comes to, like, every position on the field, I just feel like that's one of the simplest ones to pick up as far as knowing what to do. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how... That's a, like, like at a very simple way of thinking about it, that's how I always felt about D line. Like they do a job that's hard because they have to be physically like every single player yeah, yeah, run into a guy. Right, it's physically difficult. It's physically right. like one of the most demanding. It's like, the they difference get between tired. simple and easy, though. It's a yeah, simple yeah, position, it's true. but it's not an easy. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, there's no basic easy as hell. Okay, let's think about it like this: If you was playing Road to Glory. It's a video game. I get that. I understand. <laughs> yes, yeah. I understand. It's a fucking video game. What is the most boring thing to play? It would be in because all you do is the same thing every play. Just go, go, and try to get around this guy and go get the ball. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes, like, about guard? depending on the play, depending on the play, you might need to contain or whatever like that. But contain yeah. literally just means keep outside leverage or force a guy. Hey, in that's a, tough, man. That means stuff for guys on my team. As far as understanding it, that means turn your dude this way or turn him this way. Now <laughs> he three hundred pounds. I'm not saying that's easy to do, but it's easy to understand. Like you know what you're supposed to do. You might fail at doing it, but it's like it ain't like you at running back and you got to know. Okay, do I need to block on this play? Like I got an option. It's a, it's an option, right? I could pick up this block 
or maybe I got to go to the flats, or maybe I run the seam all based on a person that I'm reading. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And like it's it's way more difficult. It's way more reads and way more steps and way more stuff you need to understand in order to be able to do that. Even if you're the most physically capable back ever, like Leonard yeah. Fournette before yesterday, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You could be the most physically capable cat ever, but if you don't understand all those things, you're still not gonna be good. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But it's not like that with Ian. <sighs> There's going to be some defensive ends that are Oh, they going to come for me. <laughs> <laughs> they going to come for me. But it's like, that's just that's what I think, man. And I mean, you know, we could debate this. Like, if I'm wrong and you can tell me why I'm wrong, I'm not rigid here. Like, I will change my position if I'm proven wrong on anything. But I've thought about this. It ain't like I, I'm just saying this out of my ass. Like, I've, I've given this actual thought. And that's yeah. just the conclusion that I've come to. So, Yeah, there's – I don't know <laughs> – the thing is, I think based on what I've seen from being able to plug in a guy off the street, it's offensive guard or defensive end or defensive tackle. Those are the three that you can get a guy off the street in the NFL. Like a guy off the street that's – I don't mean like my dad. I mean like someone who's built for that position. And he doesn't Art. have to know anything. You think? Dude, the Browns put in a guy that had never – he didn't know anyone in the organization. Baker shook his hand before the game. Hi, I'm Baker. What's your name? Hey, before a playoff game. Hey, you know, it's funny. We did the exact same thing with a guard. What's his name? I'm blanking. There you go. But before we beat the Titans, uh, we got a guard from the Bills, and he never practiced. He just came in. Yeah, but, like, exactly. when you think about it, but bro, the guard's got to pull. You know what I'm saying? They have to. Yeah, they but they just, the center will be like, hey, on this play, pull. And all you do is you just run next to the center and hit a guy. <laughs> it's the same thing you're with not, contain. You're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong but they still got more there's still more like different things they have to do than a than a typical end like a typical end is is a rush contain maybe drop in the coverage if you're like a hyper athletic cat and your defensive coordinator be drawing up crazy shit maybe you'll drop into a little zone every now and then that's it all i'm saying all I'm saying is the Browns signed a guy off the street and you didn't see any difference in their offensive line. And we did the same shit and won our biggest game of the year against a playoff yeah, that's, team. Exactly. So exactly. It's a good point. That's, it's a good point. It's a battle, man. We need to have a guard and an attack or a, a defensive end battle it out and tell us who's who, who's uh, which one's easier and which one's harder. We're going to have to start doing that, man. They got to keep cats on here, but they got to be ready to debate. Get cats on, yeah, they bring cats on, and let them. Yeah, they gotta have a strong yeah. position. Two minutes. Yeah, two minutes, and y'all boys debate it out, man. They get my my headset right. Yeah, easiest right guard. Our yeah. Well, you still say long snapper, but if you want to talk about positions that are a part of the game a lot more, because right. special teams is like weird. It's like, well, what do you say about the guy who's just the gunner? Like if that's his only job, usually that's like the fourth string receiver as well. So that's yeah. actually, they got a lot going on. Maybe that's hard. I don't know. It, they do have a lot going on. <laughs> they do a lot of things. They're on kickoff. Because it's blocking. not a, that's not a real, not a real position. That's, that's not like a, what is the, what's the word? How do you say this? It's not, it's not like a true position. Like I'm not signing you as a gunner. You feel what I'm saying? Like when I, yeah, when I pull you up on a roster, there is no gunner. Like that's uh, you got to fill in from something else that you're doing. You know what I'm saying? So that don't really. Count. Yeah, you got to be able to do multiple things if you're on special teams. That's like the yeah. untold story about the NFL. You, you you'll see guys and you're like, wait a minute, that guy plays. That guy's on kickoff. He's on kickoff return. He's on punt. He's on punt return. He's the nickelback in this package. 
He's this guy plays nine positions. Pringle, How is that Pringle, possible? Last night, Pringle, Pringle like yeah, didn't go. make a play as a receiver. I was like, come on, Pringle, catch the damn ball. And then I saw him like two seconds later making a play on special teams as a gunner. And then I also yeah, saw him returning. And I was like, yo, Pringle's all over the place. <laughs> He's he, he like making an impact on this game. You know what I'm saying? So that's, dude, that's, that's a great example. Dude, it's like uh, Patterson from is he on the bears that he's an expert Cordell? kick returner yeah 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 he, so he's like a special teams like everyone knows him as like the kick returner he's like one of the last few great ones but he also yeah. is a gunner he's and a they'll use him at running teamer. back yeah and like jet sweeps it's like those are obvious but it's like the fact that like i saw him being a gunner and making a tackle i'm like dude that's crazy that's like high school stuff he's it's a like, true you're, gadget player like yes, like a yes. true gadget player or a true like athlete on the NFL level. You know He's the saying? only guy that will catch it nine yards deep in the end zone and take it out every time, and he'll get <laughs> yeah. to like the forty. Yeah, yeah. You're like, how is he doing that? Everyone else gets crumbled at the seventeen. You know who else How's used to getting... do that? Who was at actually a higher level? Who? Percy Harvin. Yeah, Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin. Was he was because he was actually a legit receiver, and he was a solid running back. And yeah. he was a great returner. Remember he had that big return in the Super Bowl for the was he with the who was with Broncos Seahawks? Who was he with? No, I don't, the Seahawks at that time. He played with the Seahawks. He was like a and the random Vikings. team because he didn't play all year. All yeah, like he didn't oh. play the whole season, but he played in the Super Bowl. And he had like a big return. There's a video for you. Talk about the best utility guys. Yeah, let's for see. Sure. I think it was the Seahawks. It was the Seahawks. Uh, it was the Seahawks. He Definitely didn't play in the Seahawks. NFC Championship, but he returned the opening kickoff in the second half for a touchdown. Yeah, that was saying. He didn't play all year. I don't even remember. <laughs> but that. he Percy Harvey because he was hurt. Like he always was hurt. He always had he had the migraine situations also. Um, yeah. And so he barely he did would nothing ever play, but he would just step on the field and be lightning. Like he was lightning in a bottle. He the defense was terrified. Yeah. The the two times a year he touched the ball, you were scared out of your mind because you knew he was gonna make a play. Yeah, he just couldn't Dude, keep I him mean, up right. It's because you know what's weird about Tyreek Hill is he's like the first guy. I feel like when you see his speed, you think of those utility guys that only get the ball like three times a game, but he gets the ball like ten yeah. times a game. And so you see yeah. like the Percy Harvins, and every time you see him, it makes everyone on the edge of their seat like hold their breath. And it's just like, whoa, like that's what makes people want to, people want to see that kind of stuff. And so Tyreek Hill comes in and he's doing that every drive. You know, he's, he has that one, you throw him like the little pitch out or you throw him a drag route or something. He makes guys miss and gets 20. Yeah, dude. What was Tyreek Hill doing before Mahomes? He had that crazy breakout rookie season. Go ahead. Say, Say your point and then I'll make mine. No, you you good. You you was already you already on it. Go ahead. I was yeah, just I bring uh, so, oh, I said I bring that up because <laughs> <laughs> I bring it up because uh, most quarterbacks. This is what I was gonna say. Most quarterbacks they don't take advantage of it. Like most quarterbacks are real safe. And man, I watched the damn interview clip. Who was it? Warren Sapp talking about when Randy Moss was in uh, Oakland. And he was like. Um, Shannon Sharp asked him like why Randy Moss had those down years and oh he was like Kerry Collins went throwing the damn ball talking about he wasn't open it's like it's Randy Moss it's one on one he's open but like you know he's one of those super safe quarterbacks who's not gonna take those chances and those yeah. players they're not able to really thrive with, with quarterbacks like that that's why yeah. I was curious dude 
I want to make like nine points off of that, but I'll go back to the Tyreek Hill thing. So I'm looking at his stats and I remember making a video. This is right when my channel was first getting going, 2016. He was a one of those like picked in the fifth round. No one's talking about him. Like no, there's not a word about mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill because he was at some like junior college or whatever. Well, he comes yeah. in and he's like a, he's one of those like kick return specialist dudes. And he has a crazy, uh, for, for kickoff returns at the time. Yeah, he had two punt returns and a kickoff return touchdown his rookie year, which, yeah, that's only three touchdowns. But considering the day and age we live in when no one gets any <laughs> touchdowns off of those, three touchdowns as a right. rookie was pretty incredible. And he also had 600 receiving yards and six touchdowns and 267 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns. So he was Damn. the ultimate utility guy already as a rookie. That's when his speed yeah. was first like, yeah, yeah. oh, man, he was a 200-meter track runner, and he actually could have made the Olympic final. That's when we started hearing all that kind of stuff. And he's he was the the sec the next year, which was the first year before Mahomes, the last year with Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. Seventy five catches, almost twelve hundred yards, seven touchdowns as a receiver. And he also had a punt return touchdown. So yeah, you're talking about a dude who's always been good. He's okay, he's gonna be a Hall enough. of Famer, dude. He's already been at five Pro Bowls. Yeah, you're right. He was on the all yeah. twenty ten team, three all pros. Dude. It's weird. I don't think of him that way. But you're right. I should. I should. Because I really I don't think of him that way. I guess I don't even know why. I'm probably just putting him in a box because yeah, of that type of player. It's like that Percy Harvin in the past. Yeah. He's the best yeah, version of that type of player. Right? It's like, who would you take right. over him as a receiver? Like, sure, there's better receivers than him. DeAndre Hopkins is a better pure receiver than him. But the what he can do in like jet sweeps and, and drag routes and slant like quick things. It's like, I, I, I think would it probably still depends. Take it depends on my quarterback. I would take him in Madden. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd take him in. But it, it, depends on, it depends on the quarterback, bro. Like if you Which, got a pocket passing, quick throw operating, like Baker, I wouldn't take him over. Baker might not be a good a good example because y'all throw so many crossing routes and stuff like that. He's great at that. Yeah, I'm, I don't have it, an example, but it, it, it okay, still it depends on the situation and it depends on the quarterback. All I'm right. not taking him over blockbuster every receiver, trade. Like, hey, yeah. blockbuster trade alert! All of a sudden, the Bengals sell out. They give up a bunch of picks for, and they're going for a receiver. It's either DeAndre Hopkins or Tyree Kill. And you're the GM, and you get to make the call, and it's the same same uh, leverage and everything. You're giving up a bunch of picks, but you're getting one or the other. You have both GMs on the line right now. You can pick up the phone and go to either one you want. Who are you taking? I think I'll go D Hop. Why? I think he better fits Joe Burrow's strengths. Joe Burrow's okay. not a big arm quarterback, so the deep ball aspect of Tyreek's game I know that's not all he can do I ain't saying that but if you take that away there's and, and now all you got to work with is the jet sweeps and the you know what I'm saying then it's not he's not as valuable as having a cat who is a true ex I can go to on third down anytime because he can always win a one-on-one coverage with his size and his physicality. He can make those contested catches. He's great when the play breaks down. So is Tyreek Hill, actually. So that's a wash. But uh, <laughs> I, I lean. It's tough. I lean toward. I, I lean toward D Hop for my team specifically. 
You know what I'm saying? Now, we were talking about yeah. like a Josh Allen or Justin Herbert, let's say, since we're talking rookies. I go Tyree Hill. You feel what I'm saying? Because he got the explosive arm to be able to really get every, to accentuate Tyreek Hill talents. You feel what I'm saying? That makes sense. Like, so that's, yeah, that's I how that. I think about it. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's going to be, when we look back in 20 years, the most interesting part about the Chiefs is going to be how in the hell did they get, they happen to get the best arm talent and the fastest, most explosive player <laughs> in the history of the league at the same time in their primes. How did they get that? You're right. That's going to be the story. It's insane. It is insane. The Madden glitch of dreams that they they take five games to figure out how to patch it. That's what it is. I mean, as long as Tyreek Hill can keep that speed, that edge, it's like that's how long this that's how long this team's uh, like S tier better than everyone else. That's how long it lasts. It depends on Tyreek Hill and how long he can stay a step ahead. And right now, man, the way he can keep his like burst. Every play, all the way till the end of games, it shocks me. I'm still watching him run routes and do that like jittery bug thing that he does, and you're just like, "How is he still doing it? How?" Dude, once he gets like, once he catch the slant and he's in that damn phone booth, completely surrounded by a yeah. hundred players on the other team, he, <laughs> and then like when he actually get out, you be like, "How the hell did he get out of that?" Yeah. Like it's unbelievable, bro. It really is. It's a, it's a sight to watch, man, for sure. He just sets up dummies and he just <laughs> does that like... in his spare time. Right, man, I feel Go like ahead, he just wake up and do that, bro. No, I was just I feel I like he just so wake too. up and do that, man. I mean, he's a young 26, so, you know, yeah. a lot of guys can keep that ability. Like, if the way he's probably training, he's probably, dude, I don't know, man. I'm so intrigued by it. I, I want to see how long he can keep that. And if he can keep it till he's 30, even. Man, I don't know, but it's just so crazy. It's just so sick. Like, I can't believe it. Like, I think about it, and I, you, we've never seen another guy keep that. Like, there, there'll be a guy who's like really fast, like Deion Sanders. Maybe I didn't watch Deion Sanders play. I was too. I wasn't even born. But it's like he right. he maintained crazy speed up until his like mid thirties. Yeah. So it's like maybe with there's freaks of nature. There's the Usain Bolts of the world and shit. That's like. I they got just one. Have it longer. Go ahead. He's nowhere near the level of Tyreek Hill as a receiver. His quickness is nowhere near the level of Tyreek Hill. But okay. Ted Ginn played special. for like ten years as a Z. Just take the top off the defense receiver, and because he was really like low key a bust, but he plays so long that over time he built a, a pretty damn good career. How long did he play? He you played. He he's still he was still on a roster this year. Barely <laughs> played. It don't matter. How old is he, or how many years? Uh, he's uh, thirty five. Going to be thirty six soon. He's thirty five, and his only <laughs> asset is speed. That's his only asset as a receiver in the NFL. And at thirty five, he's still on a roster. Ted Ginn slept on in that from that standpoint, bro. Yes, like that's he's crazy. the greatest bust ever as a receiver because he was the first round <laughs> pick. <laughs> that's like an amazing thumbnail, bro. Like that's the yeah. way <laughs> the greatest bust of all time. Because <laughs> it's like you pick a receiver in the ninth, the ninth pick overall, and you're thinking you're getting a a guy that's going to be a hundred catches a year and whatever. And he never yeah. even had a thousand yard season. 
I'm looking at it. That's he had one crazy fucking year in 2015 where he had 10 he touchdowns. Uh, yeah. He's all it Cam was his year. Yeah, and yep. he, he never had another season close to, to that. But he still only had 700 receiving yards and 44 catches. Every fourth catch he had that year was a touchdown. And then he had a bunch that's, of That's another reason that, that Cam year is slept on, bro. His best damn receiver was Ted Ginn. Like, who was yeah, a, Craig Olson. Who's a bust? Like, yeah, he's a tight end. The greatest receiver, bust, though. man. Respect you know the name, man. Greatest bust so, ever. Hey, I respect it, bro. Because, like, even just from a mental standpoint, like, to stay down all of those years, to stay committed after you have your yeah. super high expectations and then it don't go your way, a lot of cats go in the tank. So to just say, okay, this is what I am, and then carve out a damn 15-year career, like that shit is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Really I is. honestly, I, I almost take back the bus thing because I feel bad now because it's like, at the end of the day, if you can prolong your career and still put up reasonable numbers into your mid-30s, it's and like- he's still technically a bus though, bro. He was a top 10 <laughs> pick who doesn't have a thousand yard season ever. Like he, that's a, yeah. that's a buzz. And like I know they have like yeah. a super negative connotation to it, but it's like take like he's technically a bust, but he yeah. is the great. Like I might make that video if you're not, bro. Like I'm. Like, what happened to Ted Ginn videos? Like, well, dude, I I do want to make a <laughs> video on it because when I was a kid, one of the biggest reasons why I became an Ohio State fan because my team selection reasons are so random, and my Ohio State <laughs> fandom started because of this stupid YouTube video in like 2006. And it was Ohio State team highlights. And it was mostly just Ted Ginn taking reverses and punts to the house. And the way he ran. Yeah, you like love in college, he, In college, he looked like what Tyreek Hill looks like now. Like he just His was so much was faster. Crazy. His stride was a sprinter. Like that was one of those moments when I'm a kid. I'm like, huh, sprinting is important for, for athletes. Because the way he, they'd yeah. always be like, oh, he's got world-class speed. That was like the term everyone yeah. used back then for a fast guy. World class speed. He was, you know, a sprinter yeah. in college, and he was. He was. He had some nasty track times. So I've always had respect for him. But yeah, as, as a receiver, he was never spectacular, other than when he was thirty, and was the number one target. It's just so funny. It's just so funny looking at these stats. He was. He, I mean, his first three years, they had figured out he was a bust. Then he goes to San Francisco and does nothing for three years. So he's twenty-eight before he's done anything. And he still doesn't really do much. He goes to Carolina. They get rid of him. He goes to Arizona, and he doesn't start a single game. Has 190 receiving yards and zero touchdowns. Then he goes back to Carolina and has that big breakout year. It's like, what is that? That just happens. But then he falls off and goes to New Orleans, and he's actually has a decent year with New Orleans. 787 yards, four touchdowns. And I say decent as in, like, when, you, when you're considered a bust at that point, that's decent. But, yeah. And yeah, then, for sure. I mean, he played in six six games this year for Chicago. He didn't really do anything, but it's still cool. It's just still, cool to see. It just yeah, it doesn't matter. I wonder if uh, if John Ross, because I I think I said that matter of fact in the uh, one of my random John Ross videos that it would be interesting if he ended up carving out a career or something like Ted yet, to where he is a bust. And people was getting mad at me for calling him a bust. I'm like, he a bust? What are you talking about? I mean, he hasn't done like, anything. He bust. Exactly. Like, you know, he's had like these these stretches. Like he'll have like a three game stretch where he's amazing. He's like the best receiver in the league for three games. But then he'll get hurt and then he'll come back and then he'll drop everything. You know, like technically speaking, the man is a bust. Like he's never had a thousand yard season. He's never had like a, 
I don't think I have any catch season. Dude, his 2018 you know I mean? stats are so weird. 21 catches got for seven, 210 yards and seven touchdowns. Seven touchdowns. He has seven what red zones. They're all red zone touchdowns. For a it's speed crazy. receiver who's supposed to be like a deep threat, deep seven threat. red zone touchdowns. Yeah, it was it was crazy. That's how I know from a talent standpoint, John Ross is like a the dude is a dog. It's in there. You know what I'm saying? It's in there. Because if any, I don't care who you are, if you get seven red zone touchdowns in the season, you a dog, right? Regardless. And if you're also run a 4-2 and you had seven red zone touchdowns, like those two things, you put that together, this is clearly a dude that's got like an immense amount of talent. He's just never been able to put it together. Bro, he's only 25. Are you he's still kidding young? me? That's so crazy to me because it's like it feels like he's been in the NFL for long enough to where we could be like, oh yeah, he's a bust, and he's 25. I'm not saying he's gonna change it. I'm just saying it's crazy that he's only 25. How long you before you mean? could call a player a bust though? If they can't get it going by their third or fourth year, okay. So you bust. So I, I I'm not. No, no. The thing is, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I'm just saying how crazy is it that you could be 25 coming into your physical prime and people are like, oh, he's done. Not not I that mean, he's, he's done. I never said that. Yeah, I just no, he's said he's washed. technically a bust. I never said he was done because like I think if he goes somewhere else, like bro, if he get it rolling, if he just could get it rolling, I think he could do something special. Still, he got hella time. He has yeah. no real wear. I mean, he got wear because of injuries, but he hasn't played very much. You know. Yeah, that and but that's what worries me. I've heard Quincy the uh, he talk he talks about like players he wants to come to Cleveland. He always says John Ross. Yeah. And I don't get it because I haven't seen him put it together a sustainable season as far as like he plays the whole year healthy. Yeah, and for it. me, I'm at the point where even like Denzel Ward worries me because he can't stay on the field consistent. This year is a little different because of COVID. But when a guy can't stay healthy all, a single year of his career, it's like, how long can you rely on that guy? Yeah. Do you really want to bring a guy in that gets hurt all the time? Yeah. Even if he's very talented, like Tyreek Hill never gets hurt. How is that possible? It's ridiculous. How is, how is that possible? His what is worst he doing? injury was like a shoulder, not even a lower body injury. Like you've <laughs> never seen Tyreek Hill hobbling around and it noticeably taken away from his speed. That's like true. that's never happened. That's and that does not make sense. That's the, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it does, it's just blows my mind every time I think about it. Because every other guy that's fast gets hurt. Every yep. other guy. Everyone. Deshaun Jackson. He's also a weird one because he's never been like the number one receiver in the NFL, but he had that stat where awesome. he's like more 50 plus yard touchdowns than any other receiver. He had like That's, a three to five year stretch where he was like the scariest or one of the scariest receivers in the league. Like, you know what I'm saying? He was like lightning in a bottle for like a stretch of his career where he was with the Eagles. Man. Where he was walking in the end zone backwards constantly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's he's like the definition of of someone I think of when I think of like my time as a football fan. Like when I really started becoming a fan, he was at Cal doing mm-hmm. flips and you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And he did it in the All American Bowl in high school. Yeah. Like it's hilarious. He's always had that crazy flash side to him. Yeah. He's one of the first dudes that I witnessed as a kid. And he, even this year, as a 34-year-old, he had an 81-yard touchdown. Which is crazy. And he only had 230 receiving yards. Like he, He's just the— He also leads the league in uh, in fumbles at the one-yard line. <laughs> <laughs> Unforced fumbles. <laughs> 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 like, 
He did that like three times, bro. It's unbelievable. Did it once, I think, in college and twice in the league. This makes me want to make a video about like just these utility. You can't call him a utility guy. He's a great receiver. No, he was a legit receiver. Yes. But it's almost like there's guys who just stand out for some for one reason or another yeah. and it just makes them different like it's not about how great they were like their legacy of how many yards and touchdowns they have but it's like they did something that was different than everyone else so therefore they're memorable like everyone knows who deshaun jackson is right exactly it, facts that's just how it is facts so yeah it's funny it's yeah. just fun to think about these old players i mean speaking of literally deshaun's, that's what we do man, what, what you think of of what's going on with deshaun watson well, so where is it at currently? Just give me a synopsis. Currently, they um, he's demanded a trade. The yep. Texans have said that they refuse to trade him. It's been reported yeah. that they're not even taking calls. They just also, the latest thing that I saw, they fired another close personal friend of his who was like a man, a, like an equipment manager or something. They just fired so they've gotten rid of everybody in the organization that he held dear, but they refuse to trade him. Do you think it's uh and it's like abusing it's, power it's as ego. like the ownership? Yes. It's a it's a they don't they're not trying to get like the best outcome for their business. They don't care about their business. It's about at this point, I'm gonna show you that I'm here and you're there. Like that's what it that's where it currently is. Like it's very obvious to see based on the moves they make because none of them make any football sense at all. So it's obviously personal. So it's yeah. a, it's a very, I think a situation could get like all time bad. I think it could get all time bad because bro, when you look at the haul that the Lions just got for uh, Stafford, and you're gonna tell me like the Texans, your organization is in a terrible spot. You have no cap space. You got no players. But Deshaun won't out. You need to rebuild. You can get 100,000 picks right now yeah. and boom, jumpstart your rebuild and be and be good. But you refuse to do it. You, you told him, man, you was going to let him uh, have input on the next GM, the next coach. You told him that. And then you didn't even interview none of the cats that he suggested. Like, it's like like blatant slaps in the face. And a lot of people yeah. don't can't they can't understand this stuff like from a respect standpoint. They're like when this stuff happened in a relationship, mm -hmm. it's over. Like this is like a person walk up to you and like spit in your face. Like this is that's the level of disrespect that is at and I'm not sure what they what outcome they're looking for other than hey man, fuck this dude, bro. I'm gonna show him or I'm gonna break him. It's, it's like that yeah. type of energy right now. That's where it's yeah. at. It's bad. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I knew that he asked for a trade and they refused to trade him. Didn't know the stuff about firing people he was close to. And I guess all I can say about it is there's no winners. There's not going to be any winners. Nope. From this. Deshaun's nope. losing because he's stuck. And, and to and, and the one thing yeah. I will say, Deshaun messed up, bro. He messed up when he signed that contract. And I, I couldn't but I was like, why would you sign with them, cuz? Like what? But again, that's because they they told him, okay, we're gonna give you input on this. We're gonna do this, and he signed. I think this is just me extrapolating based on that. Like they traded the um, DeAndre, which was incredibly stupid. The relationship was fractured, and then it was like, look, man, going forward, we're gonna get rid of Bill O'Brien. We're gonna bring in. We're gonna work it like this. 
he signs the contract, but that's not in writing, right? That's just a handshake agreement. But he signs the contract and then they flip and now he's stuck. You know what I'm saying? And it's extremely ugly situation. Yeah. And it's not one of There's, my favorite players, so I'm, I'm like really pissed off about it. I hope they I figure know. it out because I don't want him to be in this stupid-ass situation. You know what I'm saying? There's Yeah, it sucks, man. It sucks because like the ownership knows that they'll still make money if they don't do anything, Like even if they suck. Like they have a quarterback who sells tickets and they will still make millions of dollars or billions. I don't know, but they'll make shit ton of money every year still on behalf of Deshaun Watson. And there's nothing he can do about it. I mean, I don't know if he just does like the, there's one thing he's starting to, he's starting to retire. So he can sit out. That's the one thing he can do. And, uh, you know, it's that would be really that's what it said man it's it is it would be a travesty (sighs) you know it would be a travesty if that happens because they've already taken years off his career with building that garbage ass team with a trash ass offensive line now you're gonna take more years off it's just it's what can happen if you go to a shitty organization who also like not only are they a bad organization like some organizations like the Bengals, we have a like our organization is not good but our owner is like he's a good dude he's just bad at running the team you feel what i'm saying so he'll try to take care of players generally speaking there's been some outliers but like if you look at his whole history he'll usually try to take care of the cast that's there but like this is like a whole different it's like some wicked toxic shit like some crazy ego it's it's just very ugly bro i wish the nfl would intervene but i don't think it's really shit they can do so yeah that's where it's at. I thought this. So when you're talking about him signing the contract, I thought the same thing at the time. I was like, why are you signing with them? And the only thing I could come up with at the time, other than like the fact that he gets a little more power within the organization's choices was, okay. I know that they're kind of told to, if you get the, the incredible max deal, you take it no matter what. Could just yeah. from the money aspect to like support yourself. Yeah. And that's like, Cause he got a huge contract yeah, offer yeah, he and he took it. So it's like, I, I don't know how big of a role that plays, but it's like when you get offered a max deal, it's hard to pass up. <laughs> yeah. No it play, it play a role. It play a role. And like, I was saying that too. Um, I didn't say just now, but like, when I was talking about this with the fellas, I was like, I don't know if I'm, cause I've never been in that position, but I don't even think I'm in a mental space to be able, like, I don't even think I'm capable of passing up a contract like that. You know what I'm saying? If yeah. you put that contract in front of me to just continue doing what I've been doing. It ain't like no yeah. new shit. Just be keep me in the quarterback of the Texans. We're going to pay you this. It's like, it will be very difficult to turn that down. But in hindsight, we can say that was a terrible decision. And now he paying for it. Hopefully they figure this out, man. Hopefully somebody put together some crazy trade package, but then it could cripple the team he's going to. And so it's just, yeah, it's, it's bad, man. It's real what, bad. Uh, if you had to give a prediction, where will things be at the beginning of next NFL season? I like was, this upcoming one. I was very hopeful. I, I thought he would be like with the 49ers soon. But like after this last week, yo, I, I'm not sure, bro. I think he literally might sit out. Like a part of me think they bluffing and just trying to drive up the price. That's what I hope they doing. You know what I'm saying? But another part of me knows that some people 
they ain't in it for sense. You know what I'm saying? Like they just in it for, and they traded the best receiver in the league for nothing because, you know, they ain't like, he, he ain't get along with the coach or something. You know what I'm saying? Best yeah. receiver in the league, they traded him for a, a watch running back and a second round pick. <laughs> That's what they traded Crazy. him for. Like the worst Crazy. trade in league history. You know what I'm saying? Just because of some personal shit. Like, so they let their personal business, like we've seen them do that before and let their egos um, overtake like actual common sense. So they operating based on that, which is why I have no idea what's gonna happen with the situation. Cause it's like, they are not operating on logic. So it's hard yeah. to predict what somebody gonna do when they operating on emotion. It's like, it, it could yeah. do anything. You know what I'm saying? It's not how to run an organization of Hell that caliber. No. It's how you're running into the ground. Like, yep. And you know, I live you know, up here. So all the tech, bro, there's no, that's true. Tr no, there's no Texans fans left that I come across. Every person I talk to, like they done, like they, cause they are fans of Deshaun and what he has done for the organization. They about to jump. They, they Deshaun Watson fans with blank jersey, blank number four jerseys on right now. Everybody I've talked to. So wherever he go, wow. that's where they're going. You know what I'm saying? So I think, I think it's gonna hurt their franchise a lot more than they think, but you, you never know. These dudes' money so long, they can afford to play the long game, and it might not have the time to play play itself out to where they really start to feel it before he breaks first. You know what I'm saying? He'll probably break first. So yeah, they got the leverage. You know, in that sense. the of course I only can look through this through my uh, the lens of being a Browns fan, but it makes me so happy as a Browns fan to see how far the organization has come mm. with maturity yeah. because you see like you're seeing this immaturity play out yep. like you're saying like the emotional roller coaster of what's going on and what has been going down over the last few years with the Texans yeah and it's just crazy because the Browns and Texans made some moves and the Browns made one of the most interesting trades in NFL history which was they traded to take Brock Osweiler and his crappy contract they decided they're like okay you give us a second round pick and we will take Brock Osweiler from you. So the Browns don't even give them anything. It's literally they will take Brock Osweiler and his and and clear up some cap space for you guys as long as you give give them a second round pick. So if the trade screen popped up, it'd be the Browns have nothing and the Texans have Brock Osweiler and a second round pick and send it over to the Browns because the Browns had so much cap space. They're like, we don't care. And they use that pick to get Nick Chubb. That's that's one of the most gangster moves. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's dude. some smart shit, bro. That's how you yeah. see. I, I, that's the part of the game I love, like the strategy part. You know what I'm saying? Like using your asset. That's being creative and using that your assets and what you got to your uh, your disposal. We got all this yeah. money. We can eat this. You know what I'm saying? They bought a pick. Yeah, that's what they did. Exactly. <laughs> like they yep. literally used yep. cap space to buy a, a pick, which is ingenious. And yes. then the pick was Nick Chubb. Like just the, yeah. then they hit the pick. They hit the pick out of the goddamn park. On top of that, so that's crazy. Yeah, um, it's saying internet connection's unstable. I don't know if it's going to disconnect. But what's so epic about that is they wanted to get in that draft. They wanted to get an offensive guard before they got a running back. So they drafted Baker and Denzel in the first round. Then they had the two second round picks. One was their original pick, the thirty third overall pick, the first pick in the second round, and then two picks later was the trade they did with the Texans. So they pick a guard who was so washed he was out of Cleveland after two years. Two picks before Nick Chubb. So they don't make that trade. They probably pick that guard. They never get Nick Chubb. And everything's different. 
You know what I mean? Everything's everything's different. It all comes down to the Moneyball team making the most creative trade ever, and that's just like thinking about that. Amazing! It's so sick. That's it's. It makes me want to go play franchise mode. It does. I was thinking the same shit. Like I'm gonna go get on Madden, but then I was like, ah, it kind of sucks. Ah, speaking of video games, yeah, you heard the news, right? Yep. Like, how'd you feel about that? Like, we I never talked to you about it. Here's the thing, man. Time has done an interesting thing to me. So, you mm. know, maybe me a few years ago would have been jumping around, texting people. I was kind of reserved when I saw it. I was just like, yeah. okay, interesting. Just because I've seen mm. what's happened over the last few years with things. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know I don't know the timetable on it. And you have probably more information than I do cuz you made a video about it. But yeah. Do you have any idea? As how long it's supposed to take? Yeah. Or is a few years. Yeah, like that's what I thought. At least two to three years. That's another reason why I'm trying to hold my excitement because I don't want to get too emotionally involved. Three years goes down the road. I'm like, it's about time. And then I play and I hate it. I don't know if that's going to yeah. happen. But I talked uh, about that a lot in that video because like, as excited as I am, I'm happy that the attempt is here. Right. So I'm I'm happy for the attempt. I can celebrate the attempt. Yes. With that said, I, I said in the video, I was like, if it's Madden with a triple option in a playbook, I'll be pissed and I'm not going to play it and I'm not going to enjoy it. Right. Yep. So it's a lot of things that could go wrong. And um, if they use the same engine and it feel like Madden, it's not going to be a good game. Right. We, I've been watching what's going on in the gaming industry from uh you know, games coming out not finished. We know the yes. microtransactions is crazy. And we know that there's going to be some form of ultimate team. And what EA has a history of doing is taking every at, like, okay, 94% of assets that they have allocated to the, the game overall. And oh, that's on ultimate team because that's what bring back the money. And then yep. you have 6% of the assets left to develop Dynasty Branch, Mode and Road to yep. Glory. And if that happens then we lose. Like all the people that have been caping for NCAA, we haven't been caping because we want to play Ultimate Team. Because the only thing, people, and it ain't like people ain't gonna play it. The people who play Madden Ultimate Team, they're gonna be, they're gonna love it. They're gonna have a great time, but like the actual real NCAA fans, we're gonna lose out. You know, so I'm just really, really, I'm hoping that they understand that the passion behind the game comes from this group primarily take care of us bro and if you yeah. do it right the first time then it you know it's not a whole lot of resources that you have to allocate after that but you just got to set it up right initially yeah. you know yes. what i'm saying because dynasty mode run itself like once you just do the shit right and then um <clears throat> incremental improvements every year cool but don't give us this bare bones ass mode that don't even work we can only go five years deep or the recruiting is repetitive and trash. Like, you know what I'm saying? And there's a great chance that that happens. So, but they at the stage, bro, they like putting a team together, like the development team. They haven't decided yeah. what direction they're going to go with the game or nothing. And so the bad news about that is it's going to take two, three years minimum. Good news is we'll have an opportunity as a community to shape the game if they're willing to listen. Because it's yeah. time. You can't tell me, look, the game pretty much already made. And so, hey, hopefully y'all like it. Like, nah, you're building it from the ground up. So I, I haven't checked yet because I just got back from my little trip. But wish list is going to be all over the place. 
Like, you know what I'm saying, man? Check out some of those wish lists. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the more popular ones or whatever. But it's cats that got detailed wish lists of what we want. So you're going to know exactly what the community wants in the game. We ain't going to all agree on everything, but you'll yes. have a general idea. Bring people in, ask questions, and, and let us steer it in a direction that we want. And we'll be happy, bro. And we'll be happy to give you the money. Like, take the money. Yes. But don't, like, force us to, like, play a garbage-ass game or give me half a game and then I got to get the DLC in order to get Dynasty mode. You know what I'm saying? Something stupid, like, what yeah. we've seen in gaming, like, all across gaming. So I'm very nervous. I'm very apprehensive because it's, like, a million ways this could go wrong. Mm. But I'm, I am happy that they're trying. I'm happy that the I shot am, attempt going up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, th the thing is, probably them arguing to the highest people up in EA saying we can market Ultimate Team and make money off of this, that's probably a big driving force as to why it can come back. Yeah. And because of yeah. that, I'm going to give the game a chance because I realize that they probably would overlook this forever thinking about the money compared to Madden <clears throat> and the resources they'd have to allocate just to make a good sports game for those old fans. So because of that, no matter how much they put an ultimate team, I don't care. I'm not going to be playing ultimate team because I don't, I don't want to. I'm going to be playing the game as optimistic as I can, as glass half full as I can when it comes out. Because at the end of the day, it's going to come out. It could be bad, but I'm just going to give it everything I have as far as uh, I miss college football video games. It's going to be probably like 10 plus years by the time it comes out. So... I'm going to be optimistic. Man. When they come out, bro, like, do you understand how clear my schedule is going to be for like two weeks? Like, <laughs> do you understand yeah. it will be on the phone with sponsors? Like, yeah, bro. So this calendar, let's just push that back. Because, like, don't even talk to me for two weeks. Like, because I'm about to go crazy. I'm going to dig so deep into this damn game. Like, I can't wait. Yeah. Like, I really can't wait till it come out. I mean, it's, it's way off. So I'm not going to be yeah, thinking yeah. about this every day. I haven't thought about it since the then. announcements. We talk about it. Exactly. But you know what I'm saying? It's it's extremely exciting. But um so no matter damn, no matter what happens, that first week or so, I know I'm gonna have a it's gonna be a memorable experience, right? Whether it's trash or not, Agreed. because I'm gonna be so optimistic and it's gonna be something that so I'll kinda get my money's worth from time, just time spent in exploring in that first week, but Excuse me. If it mess around and be something that could actually like stand a test of time, like the games now, man, it it'll be like it would be it'll be an amazing thing. I'm happy for the content creators who've been doing NCAA all this time. You know what I'm saying? They've been and been making content like they finally got something new. It's still yes. years away, but there's excitement in the community because they just got the college football revamped, which rebooted the community. And so now you just got that. So you got that to kind of hold over and we building toward this thing. So if you're a content creator that been making YouTube videos and grinding that stuff for all this time or streaming it or whatever, like you got something to look forward to. And it's just, yes. so it's it's dope from that standpoint. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting excited just thinking about it. And this is what I, <laughs> I'm trying to avoid. I'm like trying to uh, suppress <laughs> this yeah. because yeah. of how much time it has to take. But yeah, I, yeah. I'm on the same page. Yeah. And uh, with that, I think that's probably a good point to end because I got two minutes on my camera. Oh, actually, it's not a good point to end. We got you got two minutes. Okay. Yeah, but go ahead. This is the last episode until the draft. 
That's true. That's true. <laughs> we forgot to address that. We talked about it a little bit in the past. So uh, let me try to say it real quick. So basically, this is going to end season one. Uh, I'll talk about it in the end. In, y'all would have heard it in the intro. Yeah. Uh, but this will end season one. And uh, we'll be back around draft time to do like some fill-in episodes. But it won't be back like to the weekly episodic stuff until football season rolls back around. You know what I'm saying? We will both have grown and changed. We have more sports therapy stuff to talk about when that time come man thank y'all for for rocking with us this whole thing was uh you know something we cooked up it was like it's a new little chance little journey that we took and i'm hella glad we did it bro i think it was hella successful it was fun you know what i'm saying we had some dope ass conversations and a lot of people a lot of people fuck with the show so you know i think it was a success you know what i'm saying yeah dude i mean at the end of the day Above all else, I was just glad that we got to talk and have nice conversations yeah. once a week. Yeah, it was it was cool for as simple as that was. Like that aspect of it was great, and I'm glad that we could get an audience to kind of hear what me and you talk like because this yeah. is how it's been for years now. Yeah, exactly. So exactly, it's dope. I'm excited to continue it in the future and and keep making it better. So I am interested to hear people's thoughts about like moving forward, what they'd want to see or what they thought. All that kind of stuff. Definitely, man. Give us a, uh, you know, let us know. Just talk to us in the comment section, bro. I'm going to make sure I'm done because this is the last one. I'm going to be down there because I just want to see. I want to see what y'all think. I want to see how y'all how y'all felt, what we can add when we come back. Um, and just kind of see, like, what kind of squad we got, what kind of following we got, like, like real core following. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? For this, for this sports therapy thing. And, you know, we'll try to, when we come back, we'll do it maybe a little bit bigger, a little bit better. We'll get better at it and it'll... You know, hope it'll continue to grow. You know what I'm saying? But other than that, bro, that's going to do it. We'll catch y'all boys when we catch you. Somewhere around the NFL draft. Just stay tuned to the channel. Make sure y'all got your notifications on because it's going to pop up in your feed one day randomly. All right, run the draft, check back. Anyway, that's it. Peace. See ya.